Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And welcome to the Board Game Snobs. Well, it's not our real podcast. This is our make-do podcast, our social isolation podcast. I am not at BGS Studios number one. I'm at BGS Studios number two, the northern studios the, the, at my house. The satellite uh, portion. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a reporter. BGS satellite like, embedded in Antlers, Oklahoma. <laughs> embedded, yes. I'm, I'm in the trenches. Are you in bed while you're embedded? Uh, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to be in bed to be embedded because you can I'm be in embedded. Anything anything can be a bed. He's embedded. He's always asleep, though. <laughs> a terrible reporter. <laughs> Either way, this is a podcast that's probably about board games, maybe not. And we are doing our due diligence not to be touching each other or being around each other. That sounded weird. You're not even this looking at me. And that makes me sad. You don't have a Jerry. camera. The star. This is Gabi, the primary host, the rock upon which this was built, the foundation stone. <laughs> the cornerstone. The cornerstone. <laughs> is that the stone that the uh, mortician owns? What? Get it? The coroner? Huh. The cornerstone? <laughs> the mortician? <laughs> oh, I'm on it. fire. Got, wh- where's my laugh track when I need it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I enjoyed your uh, solo podcast where you, yeah, your, your 12 minutes of... Macaroni and cheese. I enjoyed that. That was I great. Got, I, got, I had to cut that short. I had a lot to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, do you have quality banter? Do you? I don't know if you come up with banter while I'm this there, or is that something that you have to mine for? Are you? Have you dug up banter? Dug it up. I'm always about bantering. Did you know that from 1799? Now, this is from a... I'm getting these facts from a, a tweeter called Quite Interesting oh. Facts. Um, so whether or not they're true, but I want to say that they are because he says random stuff or whoever. I say he, he, she, whoever it is, they. They say random stuff. It could or could not be true. It sounds true. But apparently, uh, wait, see, see, now this guy, I just pulled up and somebody's like saying, mm, that's not true. So I don't know if I read oh. this or not, but I'm going to read it anyway. Read- Read the fake news. We don't. It care. says from 1793 to 1806, rum was Australia's main currency. That sounds like a. I don't know. I think Bruno and several others could probably. Several of our Australia listeners could probably let us know if that's true or not. I've always thought Australia's main export was crocodile Dundee and Outback Steakhouse and uh, minute work minute come from work. land down under and death. They export death. <laughs> that's just that, that that's a dangerous place jellyfish there's a, a dangerous where all the jellyfish snakes oh, scorpions di- so speaking of jellyfish t- that reminds me of you remind me i have never seen a jellyfish but once in florida i don't like beaches i, I avoid beaches but i was with my visiting my sister sad movie by the way and next thing i know she's discussing the dangers of what's ahead of us on the beach and it was something called a mana war oh, sounds I, like a, I, uh, an avenger yes i i'm is there an avenger called a i war? am a man of war it's not a it's That's not Captain a america man of war oh. it's a man o war 
Well, isn't the apostrophe just take the place of the elf? I don't know, but it was like basically- Like a cup of coffee? Does that I make looked, it different? I looked into it, and it was called a Portuguese man of war oh. and they're this weird-looking, demonic- uh, Got horns on it? Jellyfish that comes out on land, and it sits on land, and if you touch it, and it stings you, you want to die, is what was told to me. And I, I, I it, it was well, they a are surreal. deadly, right? Did you pee on I yourself? Uh, they have a, um, I don't think they're, they're deadly to people. I'm, of course, if you're allergic to it, but they are supposedly very, very painful. Man and they have jellyfish. That's like yeah, the biggest you, one, right? Yeah, it's just, man, it's the, actually called the Portuguese man of war. Well, why is it Portuguese? Uh, I, I think it, it comes from Portugal. It, it has its own, it, its own it has dialect. its own, uh, uh. I don't know. Maybe it likes the it 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 likes the uh, it likes the ocean, and so it's it's seafaring. And it, it comes enjoys. from uh, Rio. So l- listen to this. Oh wait, though. or Portugal, because so, he Brazil speaks Portuguese and Portugal speaks Portuguese, right? Yeah. So the tentacles that it has that can get you when it's floating above on the water, its tentacles can grow up to an average of 30 feet and may extend to as much as 100 feet. No. So this thing can just, yes, this thing can reach out from 100 feet and it can sting you weeks after it has been washed ashore. So this thing is just laying on the beach sunning for like several weeks and all of a sudden a 100 foot long tentacle just grabs you. Oh my God, that's disturbing. Well, that's I'm like saying. That's uh, like from a, a horror movie. I know. I know. They're good. I like them. But anyways, so that jellyfish, that made me think of the man of war. And I didn't even know that animal existed until a few years back. Very interesting to see. Wasn't there a horse named man of war that like won the... That's war horse. The Indy 500? Oh, oh, I thought I thought you was talking about the show, the War Horse show. Maybe it is Benedict War... No, there was a horse. Like, it's one of the few horses that won the Triple Crown, man of war. You're Maybe thinking he was a jellyfish. No, Seabiscuit. Secret- Secretariat. <laughs> Secretariat is my favorite horse show, by the way. Wait. If you've not seen... Secretariat. Now, are you thinking Secretariat, Secretariat or Seabiscuit? No, Secretariat. Well, you're wrong, because it's Seabiscuit. That's no, the best horse not. show. Have you seen Secretariat? Top three best horse shows. Go. <laughs> Secretariat. No, I've Secretariat, never seen Secretariat. Secretariat. Well, then you need to sh- shut up uh, because you've never seen will bring you to tears. Uh, the Black Stallion Returns. Thank you. No. <laughs> the Man from Snowy River. Oh. Man from Snowy My- River or Man from Snowy River Returns? No. Man from Snowy River. My wife will watch that and cry. It's just this. I had never. That's another See, great Australian the second film. One. That's a great Australian film. Oh, we have a new... I don't know if he's new. We have another Australian listener that's been uh, messaging us on uh, Facebook. You know, yeah, and I'm I'm somewhat concerned. Nobody has... I've yet... This whole virus thing has kind of put a lot of things on hold. And so the fires in Australia, are are those out? Are we good with that? Um, Good question. I don't know. I 
Uh, that was kind of like we go from one disaster they're to putting the next. Out a, they're putting out a different kind of fire now, I guess. I just wa- I'm just worried about the fires. Uh, Michael Langford. He's following us on, and uh, I clicked on his uh, profile, and he's uh, another Australian listener. Uh, he has uh, he answered a question that I've often had about people: if they do what I do when I find a podcast I like, do you go back to the beginning and listen? Do you listen to the old podcast? And yeah, I've noticed that there are several downloads of older episodes. And so I must assume that people are going back listening to our old crappy episodes as opposed to our new crappy episodes. (laughs) What's the difference? Well, I think our sound got better in the newer ones. Yeah. Thanks to microphones and not our a, sound a singular uh lapel mic that we had mounted up on a microphone stand <laughs> our audio quality increased and our alcohol and su- consumption increased <laughs> our and it just it, it it was all just that graph that it's like okay the quality they, of the they show ran it's, parallel it's, to each other on the way to the yeah, top there you go but but back to your horse movies see seabiscuit's the one with toby mcguire and okay fun Oh, go ahead. The re- and I will give you purely the single reason. I well, I mean, it is a good movie, but it's it's kind of you know, it's kind of just normal drama, sad. But the end of it, that last race where Georgie pulls back and lets Seabiscuit see his horse out of the corner of his eye, it gets me choked up. Even now talking about it, and he's like, because Seabiscuit didn't. Seabiscuit needed motivation. And so, like, anytime Seabiscuit saw a horse out of the corner of his eye, like, he wanted to beat him. And so, he was, like, way in the back. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. He was, like, running in the last. And it was his last race. So, Georgie, his best friend, Toby Maguire's best friend. I don't even know the guy's name. What was it? Red? His name was Red. I can't. I don't know why I, I remember, remember that. Anyway, Seabiscuit's rider, Toby Maguire's name was Red. Well, he was good friends with Georgie on this other horse. Well, Seabiscuit was way in the back. He was losing badly. Of course, I'm sure this is all fictionalized for the movie, but it was really good. So Georgie, he he's like he sees him way back. He's oh no! So he like purposely is going to lose the race so that Seabiscuit can see the horse he's riding, and he says something like "Go get him" or something, and the music soars and Seabiscuit races to the front. Oh my god, it was amazing! I'm sure they shot him and made him glue like three years later, but it was really good. Wow. Uh, Toby Maguire is one of the weirdest actors because he always looks like he's—he always looks like he just woke up. It looks like he took too much trazodone the night before. Kind of just got out of bed. His eyes are half open, and he kind of has that look of like, "Where am I?" Can you name your top five Toby Maguire movies? That aren't Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. Um, Can you even C-Biscuit? name a Toby Maguire movie besides Seabiscuit <laughs> and Spider-Man? Uh, no. Not off the top of my head. I'm sure oh. I'm, I'm sure he is. Oh, can you? That's, that's the, yes, I can. He was in one of my favorite shows. Uh, mainly because I there was a time in my life where I was obsessed with chess. Or chest, as I often... Oh, yes. uh, mispronounce it uh and toby mcguire played bobby fisher it's been several years ago in a uh he played bobby fisher when uh, when he played boris spassky the um Did he have russian, russian chess accent? champion yeah yes yeah, sp- no Boarish. no no bobby fisher is bobby fisher's toby mcguire the soviet oh, oh, okay. boris spassky 
was that uh, one Smash weird the actor guy who's really good. But back in the 70s... That was it Sean came, Connery? I'm Boris Spassky. No, it was... Uh, it was that dude that oh, I could picture him. I he's like in how a, Sean Connery's a, accent was like everything. <laughs> it was just like this yeah. universal accent: Russian, English, it, Irish. It, it, it doesn't. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. But Pawn Sacrifice. Pawn Sacrifice is the name of the show, and Toby oh. McGuire like puts it on. Like he he acts in this. He he does it, and nobody watched it. Well, like, I nobody felt watched he it. was a decent actor, even in the Spider Man movies. Even though he he's cries a, a lot, well, he does crying good. He he cries better than uh, Will Smith. Crier. Will Smith oh, can't cry with mm. Will Smith. Yeah, no, he cries. He just does the single tear while he's gritting his uh, jowls in a stern-faced yeah. manner, pretending Grit like he's jowls. trying not to cry. Grit jowls. That would be a good band name. Gritted jowls. Gritted jowls. All right. Are you done with your uh, banter? Oh, and Cedar House Rules. Cedar House Rules. That's if you're from the it. 90s, you watch Cedar House Rules. Cider. Cider House Rules. Did I say Cedar House Rules? I, I meant Cider, Cider House Rules. <laughs> Cedar is a tree. Fine Cider tree. is a delicious drink. Pine Tree House Rules. That's the okay. movie with uh, 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 Ethan Hawke. Uh, I think. No. No. Take no, me. I I, all know. I know is my mom got me that book. For me and my wife's, I almost want to say one year anniversary because that's your paper anniversary. And mm-hmm. she randomly picks up this book for me. Like the most random. I'm like, I would. It's the. Oh. I wanted to say, Mom, do you even know me? Like, I'm a sci fi guy. I'm not going to read Cider House Rules, which all I know is it was drama and sadness and suffering, right? Yeah, I just remember. I just remember the trailer with 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 Michael Caine because I love Michael Caine. Because if you say his name right, it sounds like you're saying my cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that the trailer is like he says, "Good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England," or something like that. It's like he's got. There's all these quotes from that show. And unfortunately, it's one of those books that I keep saying I'm going to read and I never read. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that that was a that was a killer movie. Never watched it. Looked too depressing. Uh, well, now since you're isolated from me, you should take the time. Uh, I watched last night. Speaking of uh, isolation, the things you have to watch. Gina found like some list of like movies that are available, and for some reason, First Wives Club was on it. Oh, with Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, and Goldie. <laughs> Do you watch it? Yes. Oh, I watched the whole thing. Oh, and, you no. know, you know. It's almost like I can get invested in any movie if you force me to watch at least 30 minutes of it. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. then, well, oh. then I was like, oh, well, how are they going to get revenge on their husbands? I was engaged. Yeah. Before I move on, I must say this. Often our listeners have, have figured out from my accent and me mentioning that I'm from Oklahoma. Right now, like the most popular movie on documentary on Netflix is that Tiger King. Mm, quit yes. sending me, quit sending me Tiger King memes. All right, I'm not going to watch that documentary. I was born in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Well, if you would shave your mullet, it would take a I, lot of that out. I lost that mullet. I know I, that Joe Exotic Zoo and all that. I know all about that. I was raised around that. I was there oh, for really? that. Yes, I don't want to mess with that. Like everybody keeps watching this documentary and talking about it. It's like, oh, Joe Exotic, this is crazy, and it's it's. I haven't seen it, so I didn't know it was in your neck of the woods. 
Oh, I was I was born on that bridge that they show that they drive really? across. Uh, that yeah, that Joe Exotic Arbuckle Wilderness type area from Davis, Oklahoma, and 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 Sulphur, Oklahoma. All that, all that. I was born in Winniewood. That's where my grandmother wow. lived up to a few years before he died. All my aunts, all my uncles. That is a crazy town, and Tiger King is the most damaging <laughs> movie to the Oklahoma. It's like it's going to turn Oklahoma into the new Florida. It's like it's going to shift. Yes. It's going to become Oklahoma, man. And yes. I don't want that. And so, yes. You are Tiger, one. I know, but uh, Tiger King just puts us all in a bad light. I, I, I want to see it, but I don't know what what it's all about. I know it's about craziness, like people owning tigers and basically, you know how it, they're often, you often talk about snake people? Like, you own a snake, yes. you're a certain kind of person if you own reptiles. Uh, apparently, you're a certain type of person if you own tigers. We had a local exotic animal owner whose, whose house whose house caught on fire uh, uh, is several years ago. And I remember when we were on the fire department and my old captain at the time spoke about how during the fire, they were trying to rescue these animals and they were mainly cats, but there was one, I don't know if it was a orangutan. He just kept saying monkey, but it wasn't a monkey. It was, it was another type of another species of it that he could not, he couldn't get the cage unhooked to and he couldn't he couldn't get the monkey out of the cage and he couldn't carry the cage. So at some point in time, he decided to try to contain said monkey. The monkey got violent, obviously, because the garage for which it was connected to was on fire. And he turned the hose on the monkey oh, gosh. and and watered down the monkey till the monkey calmed down and then subdued the monkey in some sort of bag and saved the monkey. And years later, <laughs> Save the I monkey. remember the fire. The, that was the battle cry of the southeast Oklahoma. Southeast, save the monkeys. <laughs> uh, the 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 fire chief used to always make fun of them because later the guy who owned the place was talking about, oh, you know, thank you for saving my animals. And every time the monkey would see my captain, it would freak out, and like it knew <laughs> that was him. That's the guy. Uh, I think it was an orangutan. It was it was a if only it was he had a large saved enough, a, saved like a donkey instead. Why? Then he could say you saved. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I yeah. swear. What? This lowbrow humor you have. What? It's all I've got. It's all I've got. Uh, <laughs> go on. What are we going to talk about? Kalis? Oh, yeah. We played Kalis at uh, Cabin Con. We have yet to discuss it. So, like, Kalis has been on my wish list for a long time because there was a certain YouTube reviewer who, like, declared it his favorite game. And so I've always was out to obtain it. And then Kalis 1303 come out, and I'm like, oh, we have to have this. We must play this. And you tell him about it, Gobby. You tell him about <laughs> it. <laughs> what do you want me? So, uh... Yeah, uh, Mike bought the revised edition, Kalis 1303, that came out uh, whenever, 2019, apparently. Uh, it plays two to five players. I wouldn't recommend it at five, just like most of these games. Somewhere in the middle. We play, we prefer, our player count, our favorite player count here at BGS is three player. And not just because we're partial to me, Jerry, and Enrique, but because you get... You know, it's not two player, so it's not just me against one person. So you have that third person to throw a wrench in things, but it's also just faster. I'm not waiting for several minutes for it to get back to my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you don't usually ever let me just talk, but whatever. So, uh, Kalis well, is. I'm, tr I'm trying something <laughs> I'm new. I'm trying something new. 
I don't know why you're going to change things up now. So it's a, it says it's one of the first worker placement games. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But that's what Board Game Geek says. And it is the Bible, basically. So Kalis has this uh, worker placement system of where you start at the bottom and it gives you some of the worker, some of the, uh, oh, good Lord, the locations you go to are imprinted in the board, especially like the first four or five. I don't have the board in front of me, but, and you're going to build these buildings as you go up this track. It reminded me a lot of that Toledo, which I, is that right? Were you making yeah, the swords? I think, I think it was Toledo. So you're like it, it, doing this wind about system up to the castle and you're supposed to like help the, you can help the king build his castle or something. So along the way, you're going to build these buildings. Well, on the beginning buildings, you can go there and purchase them. I don't know the, uh, uh, good Lord, words. You flip them over and you can own it. And then when you flip it over, you're only allowed a certain amount of meeples each turn, like four, three, depending on player count. But if you go here and you purchase this build, you can flip it over at the end of the turn so it will do away with whatever that building did previously. Like it may have given you wood or gold or whatever previously, but now you flip it over and it will allow you to get another meeple into your hand. So that's good because the more meeples, the more things you can do, especially towards the end game where like some, if you turn in so many meeples, it basically gives you victory points. It gives you gold and gold is very important in game. So it, it has a nice ramp up system. It's like you start off with these lower level buildings that you can build. And you can't build the next level building without building the lower level buildings. Is that right? I think that's right. No. Because you have this. No, you can't skip over yourself. Yeah. But but the way it does it is it starts you off, it makes you build these lower levels first. I think you can skip up the next one. You just have to go to the building first. Uh, 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 Bronze or wood, whatever it's called, or wood building. Then you can build silver buildings. And then you can build the gold buildings or the monuments. So it's got a nice system there. Uh, it is very kind of cutthroat. That little provost, you can mess people around with that. Uh, I, I want to talk about the provost. Okay. Which, which is like the thing of the game. The man the, on the, the horse. Hook of it. The hook of it is you follow this path to place your workers, and anybody behind the provost on this path, they activate. Anybody ahead of him, he has deemed they're just not going to do their thing. And so there's a spot on the board to where it allows you to manipulate the provost to move him forward or backwards. And it's it's an opportunity to screw over other people. And that was always the hook that I kept hearing people talk about was, oh, it's so cutthroat. It's so cutthroat. The provost this, the provost that. I found that in this game that if the players don't use the provost, if they're not actively trying to be cutthroat, then the game just turns into this very, I, I, I did my thing, you did your thing. It's like the, the violence of the game, the, the take that aspect, it depends on the players to utilize liberally. the provost. There's no violence in this game. It is violence. You don't think that provost is violence. You know what a provost is. <laughs> no, what is he, has he got a gun? Has he got a saber? He's the head of the cathedral. Oh. If I'm not mistaken in that time. So basically, the, the, this guy. Huh? Creating violence? Well, yeah, because he gets violent. He like rides along the path. He's got a says, bad no, temper. Not, if you don't, if you don't, you're not working today. You're not going to do your thing or we're going to excommunicate you. Oh. And then just rides along and says, no, there will be no wood for you, says this, the church. The Pope says you cannot build this building here. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know what the provost is supposed to be doing, but he basically moves around and you can somehow manipulate him yes. to go backwards or forwards and then he messes everybody Bribes. up. Everybody was I crooked did. back there, probably. Every, you got to bribe. You got to give yeah, me three that, loaves that, of uh, bread. <laughs> that bag of money. I like in every medieval show. What was that joke that comedian had? He said that every medieval show, there's just that bag of money with yes. coins in it. And yes. whatever the, it's like nobody ever counts it. Nobody ever asks. They just <laughs> they throw the bag of money. That's all you it's need. like here. And some of them will look surprisingly small. I'm like, really? That's all you're going to take? Wouldn't you be sad if you went out and like doing the dirty work of somebody and then you get home and you open the bag, the sack of money that they gave you and it's like $1.50. This is not what I expected. I guess $1.50 though in 1391 was quite a bit. With inflation, that's like 13 grand. (laughs) But Kalis, your overall opinion of Kalis. Um... A mediocre grunt. Yes, I. Uh, it, like I it was said, not. I. It, it felt it, like an old game. It felt like an yeah, old game. Yeah, it can be played a couple of different ways. Like you said, you can have the people that are aggressive. They're moving the provost, and especially if you use the. Uh, well, you kind of negated this actually for me because we played one game without the character cards, and we played one game with them. The game we played with them, playing without them is just a standard worker placement game, like anything. You're collecting things to build things and collect points. There's really nothing. Um, of course, it, like, again, it is an old game. It's an old game. So I guess that's there's no problem with that. It's one of the OGs. But the character cards give you these abilities, and you can steal them from each other. Nobody was, Jerry and Enrique were playing for the first time, and I like had everyone's character card, and no one took them from me. So I had all these benefits, and I won the game, because I had all these benefits. I think if you had kind of understood, I need to get that back from him, and there was a, you know, this tug of war. But at the same time, that's kind of one of my issues with it when I played with Mike, because we played that way. We were constantly back and forth, these character cards, and it's like, you spend kind of half your time of the game just fighting over character cards. And that, to me, took away from the game. But just the basic game, though, is not that exciting without that. So I don't know. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I could not ever play it again. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those that I was expecting. I, I expect two things from from a game which is declared to be a classic. Like, like kind of that Stone Age feel. Like when I play it and I go, this is a great game back in its time. It was probably amazing. It's been killed off in many ways, but it's still a good game. Like I could still play Stone Age. I enjoyed it. it I love the back, you know, the certain aspects of it, but I see its age. Or it's a classic game that's almost, it's undying. It's been around for a long time. Few games do what it does. And you can play it and go, yes, this is this is a solid game. This is something that's that's really and I was I was looking for that with Kalis. I wanted to see wanted to see what was the the greatness of it. And I enjoyed it. It was okay, but after we played it several times, I I was sitting there thinking that there's so many other games that do what this does better and is tighter. Like the scoring is tighter, which is a big deal to me because, yes, you can easily, if everybody's not paying attention and everybody in the game is not doing their thing, then one player can run away with it. It has all the, the, it has all the 
bugs that have been worked out of board gaming that are found commonly in old games. It's kind of like with, with Catan. It's like if you know you're playing against a good player, just don't trade with them. Yeah. If everybody at the table says, we're not going to trade with this guy, then that's it. They're screwed. And, and they're screwed. And Kalis, if one person is no not out there. for their sheep. Yeah, if one person is not out there stealing those worker cards and play, being violent, then he, he's king-making somebody. And that's, I just found the game to be, it was fine. I played it. I thought this was nice. I, I If I never play it again, I'll be just fine. It was very and pedestrian. I was, yeah, and I just didn't. I, I could see why this would be someone's number one game 10 years ago. Yeah, I could see this being a game that if I had played this back in the day, this would have been, wow, this blew me away. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Francis Drake. If you remember that Seafair yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big chunky box. I love Francis Drake. I would play Francis Drake it. over this. Oh yeah, Francis Drake. Even though I sold the game, I regretted it later just because it had. It was one of those games that came out super popular, went out of print. Nobody could find it. I got a copy of it. We played it and played it, and then it was just one of those. It it, it was hard to get to the table. It was interesting because you had that track of, all right, go along this track, place your worker. You can't go backwards. Get your supplies. Okay, now use that supplies to send your ships out to here. Kind of a blind bidding aspect yeah. to it of, oh, am I, am I sending my ships here? Oh, I don't know. I might be sending them over well, here. And that everybody was does the, the thing. That was the good thing about this game that was that I thought was interesting was that you can mess yourself up if you don't plan correctly. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to think about it, but like – if you're going to build a building, well, the the actions are resolved in this particular manner, starting from the bottom of the road and, you know, winding up. So you can't pick and choose what you want to do. So if you go up here to build your house, but you haven't collected your, uh, you know, things first, well, then you're going to be messed up. So your worker just stays there until the next round. It doesn't really affect you a whole lot. You lose a worker, but you just need to be sure and get your stuff you know, do things in the proper order. That was kind right. of unique to it, I guess, maybe back in the day. Back in the day. But but it was just a – I didn't like that one thing where you go to the – where they're building the castle and you can dump off all these certain The resources. construction site. Yeah, I was going to say I, that. That blew me that, – that was really irritating. It was if one person can go here and make these offerings. It was like this weird way of scoring that's up here at the top of the board. If you go here, you can do this, and you can make this many victory points. And if, if you're uh, not doing it, you're, you're out of luck. Unless if you have not. a certain... So with the character cards, it there's like two cards that negate two different factors of that. One, you don't have to place a worker. And another one, if you don't have the character card, then you have to play like at least a chicken leg or whatever the, the pink product is. We kept calling pink them product. chicken legs. You had to play one of those and then in conjunction with two different items, I think, something like that. So it had specific things you had to do. But with this character card, you could just give three of whatever. They could be the same. They could be different, whatever. I had two character cards. One, I could go there without having a worker. So even if somebody went there ahead of me, I could still go there basically twice. And then I could play anything. So, like, the last few rounds of the game after these big buildings have been built where, uh, you know, you get, like, four or five different items at once, I was just dumping everything into that construction site and get racking up huge points. While Jerry's working his butt off to build a 25-point monument, and I still beat him by 20 points. Yeah, so it's like, it was very irritating that 
you happen to haul resources to this one spot. I've built all these buildings. I've built this monument. And it's like, oh, man, I get, I'm getting blown away because I wasn't focused on moving the provost back and trying to screw you over, which sometimes it screws you over, too, if you move move him around. And I wasn't taking stuff. That's, it, it's just one of those games that I, do, I like to have multiple ways of scoring. But I like for both of those or those ways to be both evident and viable for winning. And I really felt like that going to the construction site was probably the way to go. Like that's that's the that's the key. I may be completely wrong on that, but yeah, Kalis was okay. Um but it was just okay. I, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of people posting about it. I see a, a lot of the old time Kalis players are buying it and they're saying that this version is better than the old version, but it's still it's still okay. Well, that, it's just I think okay. the old version like required you to have money. Uh and basically your money in this one is your meeples. I believe that's what Mike said. I don't know. I think that's something he said. But uh, yeah, apparently this one is a little bit more streamlined. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll play it. Like Mike really likes it. I'll play it if he wants to play it. But other than that, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. It's, Would it's not. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't. But yeah, that's our thoughts on Kalis. It's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah, make a joke a there. A ringing and I endorsement. Do it. Well, this is our first podcast from isolation. I think this went well. This went very well. Did it? It did. I think it's, it's good. Not, it's not too bad. Old Google Hangout. I don't know how everybody else does it, but uh, we did Google Hangout when we did sporadic board. I'm like, oh, that's pretty easy to operate. So let's try it out. And I, I rigged up my machine. Like, uh, got wires everywhere, but I think I got it working. I think the worst part is is that it's uh it's ten thirty in the morning here and I I I I can't bring myself to drink whiskey at ten thirty. Oh, you're so, not? Oh. No, I can't. I can't this, bring myself. Let to me put it. this down. There. I, you know, it's, I get the kids asking me, "Daddy, what's wrong?" <laughs> no, I need. Uh, no, so, oh, well, Digger, yeah. Jason Digger posted some meme yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> it shows this frog looking in a mirror. <laughs> and it says, me drunk at home alone by 10 a.m. on day nine of quarantine. And it's a frog looking in this mirror saying, you're a star, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, anyways. Yeah, it's a great up. thing. Ah, uh, But yeah, this quarantine has got me. It's got me. It's got me missing everything. But uh, we're not as bad as everybody else. Everybody else is having a pretty hard time in our you know, other well, areas. There, so. there is a benefit to living in the sticks sometimes. Yes, social distancing is the norm. It'll get here eventually. Everybody be freaking out because nobody nobody knows how to do anything around here. Ah, uh, well that that's you in Paris, Texas. Us Oklahomans are fine. We've got right. our tigers. <laughs> I can always, I can always, I, I, As soon as things get bad, as soon as they shut down the dollar store, I'm gonna get my. You're I'm gonna, gonna get ride my, a tiger up in there. <laughs> I got my tiger. I got my falcon. My hunting falcon. I'll release <laughs> to bring back small birds that I can cook. And my hunting tiger. I'll send it out to bring back. Deer, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. It won't keep me down. I will not be ruined financially by this. I've got my tigers. I can see you like riding a tiger around, lassoing ostriches and emus that people have in their backyards. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am not proud to say this, but I have eaten an emu. I have. I have. In growing up, purchased. Is that an electronic mew? No, it is a it is a bird. It is oh. a small ostrich. 
but we bought an emu at a chicken sale at an auction in Wapanaka, <laughs> in Wapanaka, Oklahoma. Did they not know and, what a uh, chicken looks like? They bought an emu. Yeah, well, no. The guy brought a bunch of ostrich. He brought a bunch of emus because the emu uh, business fell out. Like they used to be very valuable, so they shipped them in from Australia. These because big chickens they, they- ain't moving like I thought they would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you want a five foot bird that could almost that kicks you right in the shins and almost kill you? But the great emu war of the thirties that was fought back in uh in uh in Australia. If you don't know about the emu war of nineteen thirty two, uh oh. you've got to you've got to look it up. It happened in Australia and it's <laughs> that amazing. When they were just go- using rum as their currency, riding emus yes. around. Just 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 Google emu war. It, no, just go to YouTube and type in emu war and it's it's an amazing thing to listen and to watch and how these birds became invasive. Jousting. And for some reason... Was there jousting some, on the emus? <laughs> well, that's where you got that old Atari game, Joust. That was based on the Australian <laughs> emu war, wasn't it? I'll joust uh, me over here. Uh, so for some reason in Oklahoma back in the 90s, they thought it was wise. Let's bring this invasive bird to our area. And they did, and everybody had them, and were raising them. And when the market fell out, everybody just turned them loose into the wild. So what? Fortunate. What was their? What was the thinking? Are they thinking like food or <laughs> feathers? Why would you have an emu? E- oh, the the emu oil. Like I know a lot. Well, one the meat, uh, and I think the emu oil became a thing. There are a lot of people who thought it had medicinal properties, and so everybody had emu oil and emu oil products, and they still do today. But they released them out in the wild in Oklahoma, and and fortunately, we have predators here to some degree, like coyotes and well, things of that nature that did there. not let the, didn't let them get out of hand. But many people brought their emus to chicken sales, and my dad bought two I hear an emu full- in the hand is better than two in the bush. It is. It is. Well, my dad's bought two full-grown emus for $5 back in 97, I think. <laughs> and uh, next thing I know, um, That's um, I that- just remember my dad going out in the yard and having a fight with an emu because <laughs> they, <laughs> they kick. And next thing I know, he comes out with an <laughs> axe get- and says, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're done with these. That's where, so, so that's uh, where that hand, that's where that, that's where that phrase comes from. Australia. They're like, an emu in the hands with two yeah. in the bush. <laughs> then they go out in the bush and start if jousting you've ever with had them. It, uh, yeah. Oh, well. And then they anyway, drink a Foster's like and head on their way. <laughs> oh, I Foster's, love Australia. Australian for bad decisions. <laughs> um, yeah. They don't drink Foster's there. I know they don't drink Foster's there. They oh, couldn't. Well, what false beer do Australians drink? Email me. I need to know. Uh, but yeah, I should have I should have labeled this a trigger warning because I'm sure our listeners wanted to hear about my father butchering emus. Oh, don't watch the Tiger King. Jerry, stay in here, son. I gotta go out here and get this big old chicken that's in my front yard. <laughs> I just remember going outside. What happened to Big Bird? <laughs> I think they He's call dead, chickens son. yard birds sometimes. Yeah, get yeah. a little yard bird out here. I used to have, I used to have, I like when I, when I Googled MU war just to make sure that my dates were right. The Wikipedia, Wikipedia entry for it was it gives all the information, the start date and the result is just labeled failure. <laughs> so, so apparently the Australians lost the great MU war. I didn't realize that they, that did they, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you owe it to yourself. 
to watch that on YouTube, and I've got to go. This oh, is enough. that was this amusing. Is oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. If only you had your laugh track. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll edit it in later. All right, stick a feather in it. Okay. Call it macaroni. We're done. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.